Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. with that song it just stimulates me it makes me cozy and just glittery all over because i love astrology i love the sun of course the sun's next to my moon but i love the sun and i just that song just hits me where the sun doesn't shine which is well it shines in my heart so it 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 shines right in my heart I love that song. It should be mine, but because I play it every time I have Dr. Ron Cole on, I play it for him. Now, we do have Ron Cole. He is a doctor of astrology. I just adore when he's here, 
And the reason I'm bringing him in this early, because I know that July 4th is tomorrow, and we've got bangs and all kinds of fireworks and picnics and everything uh, under the sun and people are traveling, but I did not want to let July go by any further, even though it's only July 2nd, without Dr. Ron Cole giving you what is going to transpire this month. Because before I introduce him, so hold on to your hat, Ron, I just want to let you know between the eclipses, the full moons, the, the half moons, the every moons, the lunar eclipse, the solar eclipse, so much is happening in the sky in July. It kind of reminds me of what happened in August in 2017. So even though I'm not an astrologist, even though I don't remember everything, I do remember that eclipse in August. So let's see if I'm right. But I've got Dr. Ron Cole coming in to give you all the information of what's going on in July. So please help me welcome to the house, Dr. Ron Cole. Hi, Ron. Hi there, Bonnie, and hello, listeners. Happy July to everyone. Happy birthday, Ron. You and I share. I just I want everyone to know that you and I, I'm the birthday girl, and you're the birthday boy. We share the same birthday in July. Is that like crazy? Isn't that exciting? And it's not too long till that will be coming up. Absolutely. Both of us were born on, I know you're going to say it, but I'm going to say it first, Bastille Day. So if everyone knows when Bastille Day is, I'm not going to tell you, we were born on that day. But Ron, I have got to tell you, I am so excited you're here. Uh, I do want to tell people you do this for a living. You are my go-to astrologist, and I just had an update, although you and I still need to talk about that update. I feel everyone should have their personal chart done. And then there are so many different charts that follow because you can't just have one chart done. When you're born, you take that breath. But every year there's an update. So would you please, before we get into July, tell everyone how they can get a reading with you? Yes, everyone, you are more than welcome to contact me. So I'm going to give my email out and uh, write this down. Feel free to email me. Again, my name is Ronald Cole, spelled C-O-L-E, and my email address is livingastro, one word, L-I-V-I-N-G-A-S-T-R-O, livingastro at A-O-L dot com. I love that. Oh, my gosh. You are so living, Astro. I can't take it. But if you don't <laughs> remember, please send me an email. Shoot it off and in your, in your message section. Say, show. And then ask me, and I will send you personally Ron's email. He is, the reading is incredible. It's a few hours. So sit down, relax, get a recorder, and listen to all about you. So I am excited, Ron, to bring you here in July because the energies in July are like crazy, craziness. So how, before we start, how right am I about last August to this July? Now, you can tell me I'm wrong, but is it the same kind of, not astrological energy, but with all of that energy going on? We were all excited in the States last August 2017 because there was a total solar eclipse that was visible from coast to coast. And it was the first time since 1918, 99 years since that happened. And uh, it was quite an amazing event and people lined up everywhere along the eclipse path and were watching this. Uh, we are having eclipses this summer but none of them will be, uh, solar eclipses will be visible in the United States. However, that doesn't mean they're not going to be occurring. They're going to be visible uh, other places in the world, but, and they are the same basic energy. There are two 
solar eclipses and one lunar eclipse coming up this summer. And that's kind of unusual because eclipses normally run in pairs. Well, we have more than a pair this time. We have three of them. And uh, that's wow. slightly normal in, in number. And since we're on this subject, I might as well tell everyone when these eclipses are happening and uh, the kind of astrological degree or point of the zodiac they are occurring in. Uh, now, the first one, and by the way, I'm basing my time on the eastern time zone, which is the eastern United States time zone. So wherever you are in the world, adjust the hours either plus or minus from the eastern. Now, the first one will be actually the late evening of July 12th. That's a solar eclipse. The sun and moon are coming together and joining at 20 degrees, 41 minutes of cancer, the sign of cancer. And for those on the eastern time zone, it's at 10.49 p.m. So it's very close to midnight, only a little over an hour before midnight. Those of you in the U.K., it will already be July 13th. So I wanted to mention that. Uh, then okay. we have a lunar eclipse, full moon, on July 27th, and that's at 4 degrees, 45 minutes, Aquarius. So this is an Aquarius eclipse. It will be at 4.22 p.m. Eastern time. And then we have the third one, August the 11th is another solar eclipse. The sun and moon are coming together and joining at 18 degrees, 42 minutes, Leo. And that one will occur at 5.59 a.m. Eastern time, one minute before six. So if you want to round these off, the uh, July 12th or 13th, depending on what part of the world you're living in, solar eclipse is 20 degrees and three quarters cancer. So that'll round off to like 21 cancer. Uh, July 27th eclipse is, you can round that off to 5 degrees Aquarius. And the August 11th, you can round that off to 19 degrees Leo. And we have this summer eclipse pattern coming up. Now, people are going to ask, Bonnie, what does this mean for me? And what does this mean yeah. for my astrological chart? You actually have to have some planetary body or some major point in your chart, your natal chart, right around 2021 20, Cancer, 4 or 5 Aquarius, 18 or 19 Leo, in order to have these eclipses influencing you. And the only way to do that is to have an astrological chart set up and have an astrological reading. And that way you'll know not only where all of your planets are, but you'll also be informed as to what zodiacal sign they're in and what part of that sign. And this is very important because it doesn't mean you have to have it exactly at uh, 20 or 21 degrees cancer, but if, if you can go like a count of five degrees either side of that point, it's also going to be influenced by that eclipse. So this means, yes? Go ahead. Well, what I, what oh, I'd like see. to do is bring out, what I'd like to do is bring out what, because I feel that if you don't, it's still important for you to know what the eclipses are. And so can you go into what the solar eclipse versus the lunar eclipse is? I know that solar eclipses give you something, and, and well, which is the uh, Well, traditionally, and this is traditional astrology now, uh, we've kind of changed this view in modern-day astrology, but traditionally the solar eclipses were considered more powerful than the lunar. And I kind of see this from a slightly new perspective today. The solar eclipses have a masculine energy to them. So those are eclipses that are of a masculine flavor because it is, after all, an eclipse of the sun. And the sun is a masculine point in the zodiac. The lunar eclipses are the feminine eclipses, and they are the female energies. And that is, of course, because the sun and moon are in opposition. They occur only at a full moon. And the moon is the point of honor of the eclipse. It's not the sun. And, for example, on July 27th, the sun is going to be around 4 to 5 Leo. But the actual eclipsing point will be the moon at 4 and a half or 4 to 5 degrees of Aquarius. So <clears throat> there is a difference. 
Now, what do I mean by masculine and feminine? Um, it does not mean that if you're a man, a solar eclipse will affect you more than a woman or vice versa. It re really literally means that we have a polarity of balanced energy in our world of living. We have some astrological signs of the zodiac that are called feminine signs. Some are called masculine. Some planets are called feminine planets, and others are called masculine, just as we have feminine incarnates and masculine incarnates. And so what happens is we were traditionally taught centuries ago uh, that a masculine or solar eclipse is way more powerful and lasts longer. Well, that's not true. They both are influential, and they are equally important. <clears throat> a solar eclipse is much more exciting to see, especially if you're in the umbra or dark part of the eclipse where the moon completely blocks out the sun and you have a black hole in the sky. Those of you that saw the eclipse uh, last year remember that, and those of you listening that may have seen that type of an eclipse in your lifetime remember that because a bright sunny day turns into a dark, uh, weird experience and all around the horizon and the distance around you there's a light but where you are under, you are in this dark shadow, and that's certainly very, very unusual. Now, to answer your question, Bonnie, eclipses are good energy in astrology. They activate brand new beginnings. They open new doorways. They act new events in people's lives. They activate new directions. They start new things. They begin new projects. They are not negative. And Yet, eclipses are considered fearful in many cultures, but you have to understand why. If you were a person living in a culture that had not yet developed an understanding of more scientific explanations of things, and you would see a normal, bright, sunny day with the sun suddenly being swallowed up and then become a black hole for a few seconds in the sky, that would terrify you if you didn't know what was going on. Now, when a lunar eclipse happens, the Earth's shadow gets between the full moon and uh, the direct sun, illuminating the full moon, and the color red kind of bends around the Earth and reflects back off of the moon's surface to us. So a bright full moon will continue to turn more and more dull red. And when you're at a full eclipse of the moon, the lunar surface is like a dark blood red, like an red, orange, dark color, and that would scare anyone because it looks like dry blood or blood on the moon. So cultures develop fearful ability or energy reactions to eclipses because of these factors. But remember, they are not that way. They create new events. Now, when you say, well, what events are going to be created in nature or should I say in the world, that is individual. It depends on where these eclipses fall in your birth chart. Let's say you have a certain planet near one of these eclipses. It's going to activate that planet. And uh, let's say if Jupiter is hit by one of these eclipses, well, it's going to activate a period of expansion, prosperity, better money, new directions for money, wiser investments, greater profit potential, thinking more optimistic, looking at the big picture. What if it's Pluto? And by the way, a whole bunch of people born <clears throat> from about 19, let's get this right, about 1947 up until about 1954 are yep. all going to have their Pluto by the August 11th eclipse because that eclipse is occurring at 18 and 19 Leo and those born between 1947 and 1954 had their Pluto around those degrees or close enough to those degrees to be hit by this eclipse. And that's very important because it indicates whole new transitionary cycles in their life, closing off old pathways, old ways of work, old locations of work, old habit patterns, and opening up completely new directions. It gives greater investigative ability. It gives greater cleverness with money. It gives greater ability to discover hidden factors, especially if you're researching or doing some kind of ancestral probing or trying to find a lost person that you once were very close to, Pluto can give you breakthrough opportunities. It uh, does intensify things, but it also 
increases healing energy, uh, spirituality, because Pluto is a water planet. It's associated with the feminine energy, not masculine, and it's connected to the water sign of Scorpio. And it's going to get that Scorpio-like intensity. So everybody's going to be reacting differently. And some of you may not have any points near any of these eclipses, and they'll occur in open areas in your chart. And with that, they're going to have very little, if any, influence on you. What about, Ron, I love that, that you gave those examples. So can we go through some of the planets? So if, you know, you just did Pluto, you just did uh, Jupiter. Can you go Jupiter. through a couple of the other ones? Yeah. So, for like, example, an eclipse on Saturn. Your Mercury. Uh, yeah. Saturn, all right. Eclipse on Saturn. Uh, if you study I can't astrology, that everybody usually develops a very negative attitude about Saturn. They fear it. They do they know the ancient peoples called it the great malevolent one, the malefic planet, the, the worst planet in the solar system, this and that. And uh, it's connected to a person's work, their business, their job, their ambition, their uh, attitude towards work. So when an eclipse hits Saturn, and by the way, eclipses generally influence you for six months from the day of the eclipse wow. until half a year has passed. So these eclipses in July and the one in August, are going to be affecting people who have something hit by them all the way till January or February of 2019. Um, if an eclipse hits your Saturn, I can tell you right now, that's normally a time of some kind of business change. You're going to change work, redefine your work, start a whole new job, or you're going to start a second type of work. You're going to tweak your work or fine-tune it somehow. You're going to make decisionary changes in your work uh, condition, your work hours, your work responsibilities, your financial der derivative from work, your salary in essence. So it will affect one's function in the world. But positively, when you have an eclipse on Saturn, you are in a very good astrological cycle to start whole new work direction. Uh, you're in a wow. very good cycle to go to a, if you are not your own boss, go to a higher up and say, I would like a promotion. I would like a raise. I'm ready to take on that particular job over there, I'm ready to be transferred to that department. It's good to use your work aptitude and your earning capacity as an illustration because you will tend to get that job and tend to get that expansion in work from an eclipse on Saturn. So it isn't necessarily a bad energy because eclipses bring out the best of any planet. Now, Venus, let's talk about Venus. That's a relationship planet. And, you know, yeah, as an intuitive reader yourself, Bonnie, and, and being an astrologer myself, of course, I'm not an intuitive reader. I only read it from the astrology chart. So if someone calls me up and says, tell me what's going on in my life, I cannot tell them unless they have their chart completed in front of me, and then I can talk and describe it. But let's say you've got an eclipse on Venus. Venus can end an existing relationship. It can close that door. It can end an existing marriage but it will end it if it's on its way out or if it's meant to be uh, uh, the ending. It, it will not end it just by maliciousness. It will be the completing factor to end that which really needs to end and the two people go separate ways. However, one of the best things about an eclipse on Venus is it brings a new love, new love interest and serious, good potential love interest and that's why when people say to me, when am I going to meet someone, which is a common question that you get and I get and all intuitive yeah. readers get, I look at yeah. their Venus, see if it's being hit by an eclipse. And then you could give them a window of six months that somewhere in that six months, a brand new love interest will come into their life. And I know people try to micromanage it. Well, where should I go? What should I be doing? Where will I find it? Well, that part I can't tell you because it's a whole six months. And you could be thinking completely of something else. You could be shopping in a grocery store and thinking of what you're going to be doing the next two days and bump cards, uh, your shopping cart with someone in that grocery, and they end up being that person you were meant to meet. So all you need to know is when Venus is triggered by an eclipse, pretty much should keep your antenna up there because somewhere along the way in that six months, that half a year, you're going to meet someone. And not every time does it turn out to be 
the correct rightful person for you, but it will turn out to be someone you can be harmonically um, connected to in a relationship. But it is often a big timing for old relationships ending and new relationships starting. And this keeps going on. Mercury, for example, when Mercury is hit by an eclipse, that's the planet of communication. And you know what I tell my clients? You are in a good six-month period to go and go to intuitive, go to psychic, get a psychic reading, get an astrology reading, get um, a tarot card reading, because Mercury is the advice that you're being given by others, and you're in an extremely powerful, lucky advice flow period for six months. Wow. That means I didn't you, know that, Ron. Well, you know, some people need to go to an attorney for consulting information. Go during that six months. You're going to get accurate information. If you need some type of counseling or counselor in your life, um, make an appointment with them because Mercury is communication. And I encourage people when I'm doing the reading saying, well, you're not necessarily going to come back and see me because this is only four months from now when your Mercury is hit. But spend that six months from that date onwards to seek some other type of intuitive reading. And why is that good? If Mercury's activated, you're going to get accurate advice. You're going to get a reader that's on a particularly high, accurate day. And in all honesty, everybody has days that they go to work in which they're half there and half not there. And other days, they're at peak performance. And they are working like a well-oiled machine. Well, the same thing with intuitive readers. Some days they're off. They're not feeling the best. Other days they're extremely spot on. And uh, so when you have an eclipse on Mercury, you're going to catch them on their spot on days. And by the way, that's also good for signing work, signing leases, signing contracts, signing purchase papers, because Mercury involves that. So you see, every eclipse has a different energy to it. You're right. You know what I was just going to say, Rod, which was hysterical. So if you go to an intuitive reader and they're not, they're only half there, tell them to get out of the spirit world and come back down to you. (laughs) And then you'll get the most coolest reading ever. Although I love the spirit world. So I have my reading is, I mean, usually I'm in the spirit world when I am reading, but I, that is just the coolest thing. See, that's why I like bringing all of this to everyone. Because, see, I go through those clients, and when you and I talk, it's about what I have in my chart. And I love to hear how it hits other planets. So please continue, Mm because this is just so intriguing to me. Well, I'm going to mention Mars, but I do want to say something about Mars that we all need to know. Uh, Now, remember, this uh, session is being live on July 3rd of 2018. So if you are pulling this up in the further ahead future, um, this will be events of what's occurring now. But Mars is making its closest approach to the Earth in distance in many a year. And it's going to be at its absolute closest to the Earth on July 27, 2018. Now, that means... On July 27th, it's only going to be about 35 million miles away, which sounds far, but no, no, no. That's as close, almost as close as Mars ever gets. What's happening is, is, are you there, Bonnie? Did we get cut off? I'm here. No? Nope, I'm here. Well, what happens is Mars is like a bright, bright red star in the sky now because it's so close to the Earth. And it's going to get brighter as July goes on. Um, What you need to do is, wherever you live in the world, uh, you need to look in the southeast sky after dark. And for those of us, let's say, here in the eastern time zone, I would say go around 1130, midnight, or 1230. And wherever you live, as long as it's dark and it's been dark a short while or a couple of hours, look in the southeast sky and you'll see this bright red object that you might interpret as a star. Well, it's not. It's Mars, and it's so bright because it's so close. Uh, there, it, the last time it was this close was the year 2003, so 15 years since wow. that happened. And right now, wow. if you have a telescope, you can turn it, uh, turn it right onto Mars, and you'll get an amazing sight of it because it's so close. Uh, first of all, the planet itself is covered by a dust storm. And this has been going on in June, now into August. So the whole planet 
other than the poles are kind of swirling with this dust, and you could see that. But you can see the one of the poles, or both poles, you can see the polar ice caps on Mars, the, the white reflected wow. uh, top and bottom of the planet with the telescope now. And actually right now, Mars, and it's been getting even brighter, is even brighter in the sky than Jupiter at this point because it's so close. But let's say you've got an eclipse of Mars. You've got an eclipse on Mars, then you have the ability to get over something that you've been harboring for a long time where anger issues is concerned, where someone did something terrible to you and you still have intense anger, intense hate, intense revenge, intense aggressive feelings. You have the ability to clear that out of the consciousness, even to some extent, forgive and move on. Um, It's very interesting because in a woman's chart, an eclipse on her Mars can indicate the coming in in the next six months of a brand new male who could end up being a relationship male, but also could become a very good friend without any relationship at all because Mars rules men. But it's also good to clear out stuff of hostile issues from the subconscious. Uh, Mars yeah, can rule that. our ability to get angry, our ability to take on someone in an aggressive way our impetuousness, our um, war-like nature. And many people have these varied experiences from earlier in their life or past lives in the subconscious. And when Mars is hit, you, re- you re-remember events that triggered your anger or made you very, uh, you were in a toxic situation where something really unpleasant happened to you. And the reason why it brings up the memory again, it's telling you, look, this is still inside of you. So you know what I'll tell you all to do? Don't take a big thumb and push it back down into the subconscious and say, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. No, 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 that's the wrong approach. If you get suddenly a remembrance of something very hostile or angry um, from the past event, picture a balloon floating in front of your face and take that angry memory, that angry event, and transfer it from your head and your body into the middle of that balloon. It will not break the skin. It will go right through it, but it will get trapped inside that floating balloon. And then take both hands and push the balloon away and watch it float up into the sky and the ethers. And what you're doing is you're literally letting go. You're releasing that. You're not holding on to it. You're putting it in an external place where it goes away from you. So Mars eclipses can bring up a lot of that releasing stuff. And wow, you also I love much, that, Ron. You see? So every planet has its own uh, characteristics. Now, Mars is now retrograde, and that is very unusual because it only retrogrades once every two years. And it turned retrograde June 26th at 9 degrees, 13 minutes Aquarius. Well, this is interesting. It stays retrograde about two months. So it started June 26th. So the day we are doing this live show, it's retrograde. And it's going to stay retrograding until August 27, 2018. And it's going to stop at 28 degrees, 37 minutes, Capricorn. So it starts in Aquarius, back into Capricorn. And if you are listening and say, what is he talking about retrograde? All planetary bodies, except the sun or moon, actually appear at times to back up or go in reverse, like you put your automobile in reverse and back up. And we call this retrograding. That's the phase that a planet enters when it appears from the Earth to back up. Well, Mars started backing up. It was going 5 Aquarius, 6 Aquarius, 7 Aquarius, 8, 9, stopped, didn't go to 10. And now it's going 9 Aquarius, 8 Aquarius, 7 Aquarius, 6. Why did And It's because we're moving around the sun, the Earth. That planet is moving around the sun in their orbit, and we get into these unusual alignments as we look out to outer space where it will appear that that planet is backing up like a car in reverse. Take two racehorses. That one on your right side is slightly ahead of you, but you're on the faster racehorse, and you're catching up to it. And eventually, you'll line up side by side with that other horse, But yours is faster, and you continue to move ahead. So what was happening? Originally, that racehorse, you had to look in front of you to see it. 
Then when you line up, it's right next to you. But as you go ahead, you have to turn your head around and look behind you to see that racehorse. It's the same thing with two planets moving. If you weren't aware of the passing, you know, scenery around the racetrack, it would look like that horse is moving. You lined up with it. It stopped. And now it's going backwards. And you're going forward. So that's how a retrograde works. What I'm yeah. what I'm kind of asking is, and I love that explanation because you know me, I love racehorses. <laughs> um, I what I'm asking is, so when Mars goes retrograde instead of direct, what does that mean uh, uh, metaphysically? Like, does it mean that it goes back and now you have to redeal with all of those issues that you haven't dealt with before? What does it mean to go forward and back retrograde to this planet? Well, let's take a first base. It, it affects men more than women. Dr. John okay, Gray yeah. wrote that book, Mars, Men Are From Venus. Well, yeah. that's true. Yeah. It's an astrological axiom. Men are ruled by Mars and women are ruled by Venus. So Mars being the ruler of males, when Mars is retrograde, men tend to be more impatient. They tend to be more impulsive. They tend to get mad easier. They tend to be have less of a trigger to get mad. So they could have more of a hair trigger. Uh, they can be more forceful, so it can trigger aggressive confrontations or can, uh, arguments. Now, that's just a general trend, but what also it means is we can go back, men or women, older or younger people, go back in earlier in this life, or even if you go deep into past lives, and go to an event where a male did something very bad to you, whether it's a father, a brother, a male friend, a male relative, but some male attacked you, beat you up, did something terrible to you, stole from you. And that memory, that event is still being kept in your memory bank, in your subconscious. And what you do, kind of like an eclipse on Mars, you let it go. You put it in the balloon and float it away. So Mars okay. retrograde said, I'm going to give you opportunities to forgive and move on. I'm going to give you opportunities to clear this stuff out. And it also means those of you that are hot-tempered people, that are really get mad fast and tend to take life with a high level of aggression, when Mars is retrograde, that's when you need to start working on that part of you and calm yourself down. Bring more peace energy into your consciousness and be much less impetuous and much less forceful. Calm it down, tone it down. You will have greater progress in calming yourself down and acquiring a greater sense of balanced peace if you work on it when Mars is retrograde. So there are good wow. things with retrogrades. Yeah, I love um, that. I absolutely love that. I'm so glad you explained that. I, I'm, I'm, now I understand. Because sometimes you get a little, you know, with all the planets, and if you're not astrology, but you love astrology, you want to know what they feel like and what's going on in a general sense. Well, Mars isn't the only one that goes retrograde every two years. Once every two years, Venus does. And get ready, ladies, because Venus is turning retrograde in a few months later on in 2018. And that hadn't been retrograding for two years. So I want to share this with you all. Uh, Venus will turn retrograde on October 5th at 10 degrees, 50 minutes Scorpio. So it's around 10 and 11 Scorpio. And it's going to turn retrograde at 3.06 p.m. Eastern time. Now, it's going to stay retrograde for about six weeks. And then it will stop and begin going direct or turn away from being retrograde on November 16th at 27 degrees, 17 minutes Libra. And this will be at 6.52 a.m. Eastern Time. So that means from October 5th through November 16th, we are dealing with a retrograde Venus. Well, now this is going to affect women more than men. And it will affect um, women in letting go of past loves or scarring that happened where love really hurt them. Men will have events for that, too, but it's really going to help women get through that it will make women more tendency to be to um, be more assertive or to get less patient or to more fly off the handle. Now, it is also an energy that affects relationships between people. So 
man-woman relationship, person-to-person relationship, especially love, marriage relationship, boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. Those are all by Venus. So if Venus is retrograde, um, more fights happen in between people and more chances to clear the air, something that they hadn't talked about, that they needed to talk about, that they both sides kept it, those parties of the relationship, they ignored it for weeks or months, never talked about it. Venus will go retrograde. They're going to talk about it. And they're going to talk about it in a direct and straightforward and sometimes aggressive way. So it means you bring the stuff out that you need to talk about. And if before Venus goes retrograde, before October 5th, if you have any of that stuff, bring it out before the retrograde. It will be much easier handled and having a tendency to have less of a spin-off argument. Um, now, what's also interesting is when you are born with a Mars retrograde or a Venus retrograde in your natal birth chart, so there's only, what, six weeks for Venus every two years, two months Mars for Mars every yeah, Lauren has Venus well, retrograde in her birth chart. All right, here's what this means. If you're born, man or woman, with Venus retrograde, every person you are attracted to in a love relationship way, not friendship, not acquaintance, not neighbors, not family, but love relationship, attraction, is not a new soul for you. You are repeating attraction relationships with people that you were involved with in a past life. Now, it could have been a marriage in a past life or a dating, but it also could have been a parent of yours, a sibling of yours, a friend of yours, an acquaintance of yours. But that soul is being brought into this life. You are in this life, and you're going to cross paths. But in this life, it's a relationship attraction way. So when you have a retrograde Venus, you're repeating uh, a connection with someone you've had some type of relationship with before, and now you're bringing it in in the present life in an attraction, love interest, one attracting the other. So to them, the outside person, they might have a retrograde Venus, and you are a repeated relationship for them. Now, if you have a Mars retrograde in your birth chart, then male friends, possibly your father, brother, uh, males that you know, are individuals that you could have been known and connected with in the past life, or not could, likely were, and you're realigning your connection with them in some form or way. And I don't mean with Mars sexual, it could be friendship, it could be family ties, but Mars retrograde brings males from past lives back in present time to you. Venus represents relationships or family ties in a past life returning. Whenever you have a retrograde planet in your birth chart, and most people have two or three retrogrades, because that's what's about average, you're repeating something with whatever that planet represents in astrology in this life. Wow. Isn't that interesting? I love that. It is so interesting, Ron. And if you know somebody like we do, Ron and, you know, when everybody listening, Ron and I are very close friends. We live near each other. And we know a lot of the same people. And, uh, you know, me familia, you're familia. So we do know people with, with uh, Venus retrograde and maybe Mars retrograde. I haven't looked. But right. it is just, you could like see it. You know, I know I can see it with, you know, you, it's just amazing. And why they come back. Do you think that, and, you know, well, actually, do you feel that these are, contacts or contracts that have to be fulfilled because they weren't in a past lifetime? Like I think you know on the head. Something not yeah. finished between the two things. Now in a past life for Venus retrograde, they may not have been a love interest. They may have been a parent. And you have the love of a parent child or the security attachment of that. But that same person comes back now in a love interest format for you. And then you end up uh, having that part of that connection of caring and love and affection and in the form of this life, physical attraction to each other, because that means the souls still need additional connection together, additional time together, additional reasons to work things out. Maybe 
one of the two, a parent or a child, if that was the old relationship in a past life, one of them may have died very early or prematurely. And maybe the two of them didn't have all the earth-based time to, to really complete the parent-child union. And then you have a retrograde Venus, that love energy is still there in this life, but now it's physical love, not parent-child, and now it's attraction energy love, the love of Venus, the goddess of love. And you're needing to bring the, the souls back together again, you and that person for that pattern. Now, people will say to me, oh, I have a retrograde Venus, but I've had, you know, four or five relationships. I've been married more than once. Well, every one of those souls, not just one of them, but every one of them is somebody that's not a new soul for you. And yeah. there is a delay factor also with retrograde. If you have a retrograde Venus, it does not guarantee that you're going to marry later in life but you often do not marry very young. You have enough uh, time in which you meet people and break up with others and meet new ones. And then you find the real love long uh, earned, you know, yearned for love interest and you marry them. And so there is a slight delaying factor with retrograde. Let's say you have Saturn retrograde. You can work for a number of years in a job, but it's not your real life heartfelt career. And then, you might be in your 30s or 40s and you finally get hired or enter into the doorway of the job that you just know you are just right spot on for. So you may actually work for years somewhere else before you actually find that real career that is um, a heart song for you, you see. So retrogrades aren't bad, but they do de- they do delay. Um you know, there are people often born in poverty and they end up being very, very wealthy. Well, they may have had a retrograde Jupiter. Jupiter may have restricted finances or great money abundance when they were a child. But in the course of their life, as time goes on, they acquire what is Jupiter provides, great abundance, financial wealth and abundance. So astrology is more than just a fun parlor game. It's a science of life. And it explains why different things happen to different people based on what's in their birth chart and why they have different personality traits. And it's interesting wow. because people are complex, Bonnie. When you study people's charts, you can see in the abnormal personality type, the, the killer or the serial killer, you can just see the common planetary patterns that is connected to bringing in that kind of dark energy or those dark habits. And then the great a positive life-changing individual that changes the world, that does good in the world, you can see that too. It doesn't mean that if you've got a chart that is a potential serial, serial killer, you're cursed to be that. It just means that you really, really have to work developing the good side of that chart because you always have that power to rise out of it. And it doesn't mean if you have a really good, blessed, easy chart that you're going to sit back on your laurels and have everyone deliver everything to you on a silver platter. You also have to work in developing the good and developing the character of of quality. So astrology involves insight, explanation as to the why, but it also tells you what you need to be working on for development or where you need to pay attention to certain things. I think that is so fascinating, Ron. And there's a a few things I want to touch on because we only have 11 minutes left. I cannot believe this. And I do want everyone to know that. Oh, all right. I didn't need to go on so long. I think this time is just creeping along. Well, no, it was a 60-minute show today because of our July 4th for tomorrow. But I do want to. It is 11 more minutes. Have we been on the air almost 50 minutes already? Wow. Yeah. And there's a couple of things I want everyone to hear. But do you... Ron, do you think you can come back and go through retrograde planets and what if you have like Jupiter retrograde? Like if you have Jupiter retrograde in your chart, what does that mean? Often the religion you are born into and the religion you adapt in life, your religious belief system is a repeat of the religion you had been uh, involved with, connected with in a past life. Also, it means that if you have a Jupiter retrograde and you end up very wealthy, you you were also in an affluent or abundant or wealth-producing life in a past life, and you're just literally picking that trend up again now. Uh, if you've 
track, if you have a particular talent for uh, language, uh, like let's say you're born into an English culture, but you speak French so fluently, French just comes naturally to you. Jupiter relates to other parts of the world, all other countries and all world languages. And it's very likely that you lived in a French-speaking country before, and that was your native language. So Jupiter is related to your travels, places you go to that you fall madly in love with and don't know why. In a past life, you could have been there, lived there, or had a great number of experiences in that location. So Jupiter is related to repeating patterns of religion, affluence, communicationary skills in foreign languages, and foreign travels and places of travel, even at far distant ends of your own country, because Jupiter is related well, to expansion travel. Um, I love and that. You ne- yeah, we haven't talked about Uranus or Neptune. Those are the only two. Yeah. Uh, Let's do it quickly. But what I want but before you, we do, let me just ask. We have so much to cover. Will you come back in a week or two? uh, It's either next week or the week because I want to do retrograde and forward moving planets and go through the planets again and the retrograde like we are doing now because I feel like we aren't because we've got Uranus in the sky for seven years, I think. So that does affect. Yes, it's in Taurus now for seven years. Uh, I would be happy to do that, but it would have to be two weeks from now or or beyond. In other words, I can't come back next week, but can two weeks. Or beyond that point. So two Mondays yeah. from now, which would be about the 16th of July or later. The 16th of July would actually work out perfect for me. So if it will work uh, out perfect for you, yeah. put it on. And we will be doing a 90-minute show. So you will be able to then interact with the audience as well. We have eight minutes left. Can you please? And I know we've got Mercury going retrograde in July. And we said we want to talk about July. And we have another... Yeah, Mercury uh, retrograde July 26th. Mercury is the most common retrograde. It goes retrograde three times a year, and it stays retrograde three weeks each time on the average. Well, this one's going to start July 26th at 23 degrees, 27 minutes, Leo. And it's going to stop retrograding, going direct, August 19th at 11 degrees, 32 minutes, Leo. So this Mercury be retrograde in Leo. Now, when Mercury goes retrograde, that involves communication. And so people sometimes are more forgetful. They tend to be a little more scatterbrained. They may go to say something and forget what they're about to say. Uh, They'll go to talk and they'll sometimes fumble their words and mispronounce things. Um, People will forget appointments. (laughs) People will often become a little more mentally disorientated. Well, that sounds negative, but it really isn't. Because when Mercury is retrograde, it literally affects the functionality of the human mind, and it gives you the ability to go back and clear out your desk, clean out and organize your house, clean out and organize your office. Mercury, when retrograde, is good for putting things in more effective order. But when it comes to purchasing, most astrologers say, don't buy a house, buy a car, don't, don't buy a car. Don't buy a computer. Don't buy an appliance. Don't get a new cell phone when Mercury is retrograde because you're going to have problems with those items. And, you know, I've had total skeptics who think astrology is pure nonsense. And I said to them, I will give you the upcoming next two or three years of dates when Mercury will start retrograding and when it will end retrograding. And all I want you to do is watch and watch people and watch communication follow-up. And I've had hardcore skeptics after a while come back to me saying, you gave me this way in advance. And they said, I have to say to you, those events actually were triggered during those weeks you said they were. And when you said the time that it was over was over, it all stopped and it didn't, wasn't being triggered anymore. So they said, I don't understand how this astrology works, but I only now believe you because I see it for myself. And that's what's interesting. You could take people who have no interest in astrology or skeptical, and talk about astrological events like a retrograde Mercury coming up, and all they have to do is just detach and watch. They don't have to believe it and put their power up their sleeve. Just watch and observe, and you'll see uh, communication incidents. Now, that means things they tend to buy or acquire under Mercury retrograde don't last, usually. They tend to get something that's 
Mm-hmm. You know, I will tell you that I don't know too many skeptics anymore. I always hear people that I don't, I won't say always, but when I listen to them, I'll go, oh yeah, Mercury is retrograde. And I know they're not astrologists, nor are they into metaphysics. So that's kind of a commonplace anymore. But I want to tell everybody you know, that we are right. you, can, you can be in, yeah, in, we're in gonna... an airport or this public and just say out loud, well, you know, we have to be, you know, sure that that plane is going to leave on time retrograde and somebody will overhear yeah. you and they'll speak up yes you're right mercury is retrograde people know that yeah. because they see it more commonly in others and they don't know really a lot about the rest of astrology but people it's become kind of a an urban thing around the world to realize hey mercury is retrograde and by the way we I have one more that. retrograde uh, later on this year with mercury but we'll do that in another show the one that's coming up is uh july 26th to august 19th we are going to, you know, Ron, we're going to do shows monthly, as we were talking about, in, in at the very least. So hopefully we'll do bi-monthly. And this year is just going so quickly. I do, we only have three minutes left. I do want to let wow. everyone know that Dr. Ron Cole does this for a living. He is my astrologist. I can't tell you how wonderful he's been, even for my surgeries that I had to book, or, which is only one, thank goodness. And I, I can't even tell you, we looked at um, patterns. He's a great pattern looker, but you have to have your first chart, the time you took that first breath. And we'll go into that with, the next, uh, with our next segment too, to do updates. So Ron, I'm going to tell everybody to get a hold of you. Please email him at livingastro, L-I-V-I-N-G-A-S, T-R-O at AOL.com. Please put in the message box, radio show. So Ron knows to answer it because he gets a lot of emails. So please, if you want something, you want to give a gift, this is the best gift you could give yourself and others. I want to thank you, Ron, because I we only have two minutes left and I I we didn't even get to talk, and that's why I want to want you to come back on the 16th about the eclipse at the end of the month. So, which is the tail of the dragon versus the head of the dragon in, in, in Vedic astrology. So, and I don't do Vedic, but I just know because I love dragons, and I know you have a lot to tell everyone about what's coming up. Yeah, they said the eclipse of July 27th is a lunar eclipse, and it's going to be aligning with the north node and south node of the moon. Yes, and we love the moon. Ron, I'm going to leave you with this. I want to sing happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Ron. Happy birthday to you. My fabulous, awesome dear friend. friend. You know, it shows you're born on the same day, but you've got a lot more courage than I do because I wouldn't even try that on the air. I would, every listener would run away from the, from the radio. That's because you've got Scorpio somewhere and I have all those Leo planets. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I you again. Say, it was very beautiful. I and happy birthday. By the way, those of you in the U.S., happy July 4th. And those in the Bahamas, you're going to have your Independence Day coming up, I think, July 10th. And those of you in France that are listening, it's July 14th. July 14th. And Canada just had their Independence Day the other day. Sunday was Canada Day, so it's still within a frame of time to say happy birthday to all Canadians. Happy birthday to all everybody who is now celebrating Independence Day and Viva la France because we were born on Bastille Day. We must have been French in another life. Anyway, I have 41 seconds left to tell everybody happy 4th of July. We are in America. This is a great time, a wonderful country. Please enjoy yourself. Please realize that, you know, whatever difficulties or oppositions you have with anybody else's thought. We are all here. We all have freedom. We all enjoy, hopefully, this country, this great country of ours, no matter what our our differences are. Please have a great celebration. Please celebrate all the people that put their lives on the line for us. 
different branch. We want to say happy 4th of July. Boom! We're off the air. And I will speak to you on Thursday, everyone who is listening. Bye. Thank you, Ron. It is a pleasure and honor to always have you. Thank you, Bonnie. Happy 4th to everyone. Thanks. Bye.